Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for bringing us into your sanctuary. May we worship you in celebration, recognizing that you are God. Lord, we come to you and we are thankful to be with our friends, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, as we look at this challenging scripture this morning, I pray your hand and your heart would be on us. Help us to see it like you see it. Help us to understand, Lord, what Peter meant for us. These are challenging times. And this scripture, Lord, reminds us that there are scriptures that are challenging to where we stand and where we are. Open our eyes to see it how you see it. Guide our thoughts. Give us wisdom to make the best decisions, the ones that you would have us to make. In your name we pray. Amen. Scripture this morning is from uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, 13 through 25. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor or as a supreme authority, or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, You should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people. But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show, Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. Slaves, in in reverent fear for God, submit yourselves to your masters, and not only to those who are good and considerate, but also those who are harsh. For, For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is the commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judged justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. 
May God add his blessing as we continue to worship him this morning. Lord, it's good to quiet our hearts. It's good to quiet ourselves and reflect on Scripture. To dig maybe a little deeper than the surface of what we do unintentionally and maybe be a little more intentional about how we do life, how we treat each other, and how we treat you. Lord, I ask this morning that you would quiet our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, I'm thankful for this passage that reminds me where I stand in this world. Aliens, Scripture tells us, that we are aliens to this world. This is not our home. And may we come from that perspective when we think about those who are on the outside. Those who haven't come to a knowing and understanding relationship with you. Lord, I ask that you quiet our hearts, that we could hear how you want us to respond to this passage. So many say that the end is near. The times are short. The scripture also tells us that we don't know. And so, Lord, we live each day preparing for the end and yet living our lives. And so, Lord, I ask you this morning to maybe make us a little bit more uh, sensitive to those end times, understanding that there will be some who perish if we don't share our faith with others. Our time is short, but no less valuable. Open our hearts this morning to not live in our selfish ways, but rather to step away from that and begin to look through your eyes, for we don't know what lies ahead. And yet we know who's in charge of what lies ahead. You are a good and mighty God who love us so. We know that you will continue to take care of your flock. Open our eyes. Lord, I ask that you would give me the words that need to be spoken this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And if you go to church, Lou, you can go to Children's Church. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Lou knows the shortcut. Uh, just this, this first slide, just so you know, uh, if you're on uh, YouTube, uh, someone brought up a great point last week. I talked about asking you to read your bulletin, but if you're not here and you're at home... It's kind of hard to know what the scripture was. So someone made great uh, reminder to me about uh, putting that up. So that's why the first slide will be uh, the focus for next week's scripture, because I can't ask you uh, to read a scripture for a week if you don't know what it is. Thankfully, uh, those who needed that found out, but uh, we're going to try to do a better job of, uh, of trying to uh, help that out. So I have to ask you the question. 
Did you read the scripture at least once this week? All right. Anybody read it twice this week? Anybody get put off after about two or three times? I know this. There were people who were slightly unsettled by this scripture. Were you slightly unsettled as you read the scripture, maybe the first time or the second term? Second time? Were you a little bit unsettled by this scripture? Every time I read it. Yeah, I mean... There's some, there's some pieces in this scripture that are challenging. There's a reason we started on verse 13. Did you see the very first word? Submit. Steve probably got the submission hold when he got home. And deservedly so, right? <laughs> That'll teach him. I talked to Karen and she said, I heard him on the YouTube. <laughs> So she couldn't see him, but she heard, she knew that voice. <laughs> so should we listen to the government? And what is our responsible uh, response to, uh, as a faith-filled believer? What is our responsibility to the government? So what did you hear in the passage this week? Go ahead, Ken. It reminds me of where Jesus says, Render under Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and render under God the things that are God's. Amen. Great scripture. Good, good, and a good, uh, good point. What else did you hear? Come on. I know, I know there's some that were irritated by the scripture, and you probably should be. That's okay. So respect to everyone. That's actually, yeah, that's word for word. That's what's in there, right? We cha- we're challenged by that. Any other thoughts? Steve? How does it fit, right? How does it even fit in our lives, right? Is, is Peter talking about uh, those uh, who were in submission to their masters at that point? And does it even fit in that, right? Does it fit in our lives anymore? Does anybody say, is this uh, even close to the things of today? Anybody just kind of push it off as, this was thousands of years ago, and we don't do this uh, like we used to do this. Anyone think that? Because that's easy to do. I mean, I, I can justify this passage that way. No one knows Peter. We don't even know his last name. Do you realize how far removed we are from this? How can this still have value today in 2021? They did. They had a, that's a great point. They had an interesting government situation. I want to give you a little bit of background before I go any further. I want to help you understand this Peter is the Peter that was um, with Jesus, the, that Peter, right? Peter that couldn't keep his mouth shut sometimes. Uh, and this letter was written as a primer. Do you know what a primer is? Uh, not paint. Okay, perfect, right. It was, designed, it was designed to give the Christians of the day uh, some information. How do we live as faithful believers in the midst of a mess, in the midst of oppression? So here's what's going on in the world in that day. The Christians are going about doing their religion, right, as the world would see it. And you, and you know how, how this works even today. 
certain, certain uh, regimes allowed for a lot of different religions, right? They would say, well, as long as they're not harming people, as long as they're not killing people, as long as there's not insurrection involved in this, they can have their religion as long as they're behaving. And then there were certain reg- regimes that would make it out, uh, uh, they would outlaw it for a reason that they don't want anybody to deal with it. They, or some regimes would pick their church, right, their religion. And they would say, if you're going to be here, you're going to go to this. And a lot of times that would be the king's religion. And they would say, everyone's going to be this. And no one else is, it's not legal to be anything else. Well, during this time, Christianity was not illegal. But what it was, was it was, it was beginning to be looked down upon. See, the Christians talked about this other kingdom. You ever heard about the other kingdom? The kingdom of heaven, right? So these Christians are talking about this kingdom of heaven. When we're done here, we're going to go, we'll be a part of the kingdom of heaven. And in outside, uh, in the realms of the city and in those areas, they would be like, are they trying to take us down and go to a different kingdom? What's the plan? So they began to get this negative connotation. Not illegal at that point, but maybe squeezed a bit. I don't know about you, but have you uh, felt maybe squeezed a bit as a Christian in this day and age? That maybe the political scene is anything other than uh, pro-Christianity. Now I'm speaking what you want to hear, right? That was the times in which these people were living. A time when maybe things weren't as smooth and cozy and warm as they had been in the past. At this point, maybe they're just living the Christian faith, the Christian walk. The excitement of the beginning of the church is over. And they're just doing the walk of faith. And they're feeling pressed down. Slightly smashed and squashed. And Peter says, listen. This is how you do the life of faith. See, oh, that's my picture for government. I just want you to, I didn't want to cause any fights. So I thought, if I make it really plain, we won't cause any fights for either side or any side. Right? The picture is, Are we going to listen to that person who's in charge? See, the problem, and what the problem with even verse 13 that we have was that word submit. Right? As soon as I say the word submit, we have a problem. It looks, it feels more like this, more like a chicken wing, right? And I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in getting a chicken wing from the government. Right? I don't want to be told what to do. I'm not going to have my freedoms. Of course, in America, we live and die by our freedoms, do we not? I'm not going to have someone tell me what I can and cannot do. I can't help but think that this is some of what was going on back then. This idea that someone was squashing some of their freedoms. That something was pushing against the things that were going on, because if it was pro-Christianity, it wouldn't have been an issue. So I have to believe that it was a negative against Christianity at this point. And the Christians are feeling squeezed down, pushed away. 
Like it's not really theirs. Maybe somewhat outsiders. Feel comfortable? Feel like normal today? And then we read the scripture where Peter says, Submit yourself to every human authority. Whether the emperor, the supreme authority, the governors, submit yourself. And that English word submit is challenging for us. So let me give you a little bit better understanding, maybe a little help in that, that word, because I think part of the struggle, you want to start a fight? I, I found out how to start a fight between spouses or couples. Do you want to know how to start a fight between couples? I can tell you how to do it. 20 seconds or less. Here's what you do especially Christian couples. Open up your Bible to Ephesians 5, 22 and 23 and read it in front of a couple. Would you like me? Let, me, let me do it. Let me help you. I'll start a fight right here. Let's see if we can get a fight before we leave. Let me read it to you. I know I can start a fight. I'm good at it. Oh, yeah, I can finish it. I sleep on the couch, Ken. <laughs> this is how you start a fight in the couples. Don't do this for Valentine's Day. Just giving you a heads up, guys. Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. Boom. Right? Steve, I didn't know. Steve. Stopping there. I know. <laughs> I already started. You're right. <laughs> That's right. That's why I said I could start a fight. I, that's why Steve got in trouble. I didn't know he was going to talk about this this morning, but right? As soon as we say that word submit, it's like I don't want to be in this wrestling move. No one's taking me down. You're not stomping on me. So I got for Christmas the whole MASH series. I don't know if you know how many that is. 13 seasons, you're right. 34 CDs. Yeah, longer than the real war. By a... And so Amy and I have been watching a couple episodes every night because we know it's going to take us half a year to get through them. Now, I enjoy them. What happened was we, we would watch them, but we'd watch them sporadically, and we didn't like have any like, direction, didn't understand which one was in front of this one and and so we, when I got it for Christmas, it was like, all right, we're going to work our way through the MASH series. And one of the very, we're in the early years, and I don't remember those much. Um, but one thing I have noticed in this uh, series uh, that happens over and over and over and over again, and I don't have military experience. If you do, you can tell me whether this is true or not. They always pulled rank. They always would be like, Listen, I'm, I'm higher rank than you, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause you problems. You can't tell me what to do because I am of higher rank. And that's probably a skewed version of the way the military should be run. But the reality is that there is a reason the private doesn't tell the general how we do things, right? There's a reason that that private first class isn't the guy making the plan for the uh, military action. There, you don't get to be the general uh, by buying uh, enough stars. You work your way. You earn your way to that spot. 
And there's a value in being a private, right? Even though it seems like it's less, there's value in being a private because every person starts in, well, they don't all, some of them go to officer school, but they start at the bottom and work their way up. And there's nothing wrong with that situation. And so submission is understanding this, that sometimes there are people in authority over us who hopefully have our best interest in mind. If you go to Hebrew, I didn't use this passage today, but in Hebrews 13, it talks about, uh, 13.5, it talks about um, people who have our, added, or have our best interest in mind, right? Be subject to those who have your best interest in mind, uh, who, who really, um, it says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they watch over you as those who must give an account. So their whole goal is to make sure that you're, you're taken care of. And so when we look at this passage today, I want, I want to challenge you to, to really think about what submission means and what that, the role of the government is in our lives. Let's be honest. If there was no government, what would we have? Anarchy, right? Someone said, Mark, 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 Mark said it. Anarchy. I don't know about you, but I'm not really interested in that plan either. Right? We watch movies about those kind of things. Right? Where things are just chaos because nothing is in order. There is a value in the government. Where we struggle is when that government oversteps what we see is as a boundary. Remember, we're on week two of something we've called hard teachings. Teachings that, have, that really are a struggle, uh, a struggle to me, uh, a struggle to the deacon board as we have talked about how to deal with how do we relate uh, the government's understanding of COVID to the church and where does the church and the government mesh together? Where are those moments where we um, separate ourselves and how does that all work within reason? And here's what I believe that uh, Peter is telling these people and he's telling us today. That attitude is everything. That our attitude is what's important. He says, submit yourselves to the Lord for the Lord's sake. He's reminding the people that in order to be good witnesses... In order to be good witnesses of their faith, they need to be good examples. That no one's going to hear you if all they can see is your anger and frustration. Let me give you an example. The countdown this morning was from a young lady whose whole life was spent, her whole family was in Westboro Baptist Church. You know that name because that's the church, uh, I think it's in Indiana, uh, that, that um, protests uh, soldiers' funerals and protest. I mean, just ridiculous things. And she grew up in that. She says at the beginning, I don't know if you caught it, she says, I was five years old, I couldn't even read, and I was holding a sign. And she said, I believe with all my heart in what I was doing. And what do we do with these people, right? We say, 
Well, they're off the edge. But remember what people on the outside who are not believers hear. They hear that Greenfield Baptist Church is the same as Westboro Baptist Church. We know that that's absolutely not true. But understand that from, the, from those people who are on the outside, that's what they hear. Our attitude is everything. The way we respond to the government and how we treat others in the government. Peter says, listen, I want you to do this and be respectful of people for one reason. People, are, people know you're a Christian. And that's not how Christians respond. He goes on to say, don't forget, Jesus was suffered, had suffered under situations. And how did he respond? He didn't. That's hard. Hard teaching. Now, does that mean this passage mean that we always are subject to the government? That everything that happens, we believe? That everything we do has to line up with the government and its decisions? Is that what I'm saying? I hope not. I hope not you're hearing that, right? The challenge of today is that I'm looking at, we're looking at one scripture. There's a lot of good scriptures. I want to share with you the opposing thought process by the very same guy. Peter in Acts chapter 5 is preaching with his friends, it says. They're preaching in the, in the town center. In the, and they get arrested because people are jealous. Because peop, there's people coming and hearing and listening. And they get put in jail. Well, that's kind of a crazy story. They go to jail and in the middle of the night, God opens the jail door. And they go out. And the door goes back and closes. And in the morning when they get up, they're back out there doing exactly what they were doing the night before. Preaching. And when they're challenged about why they're back to doing what they were doing, they say, listen, we ought to obey God rather than man. We have to. We have to obey God. So there is this this different, definitely an opposing view to understanding that it's more than just a black and white, follow the government 100%, don't follow the government 100%. That somewhere down the line in our Christian faith, we have to make those decisions. And I think Peter reminds us that we were once in darkness, but now we're the light. This is Paul's uh, epistle of Ephesians, but this is what Peter's saying. You're believers. You are the light in a dark world. Be the light in a dark world. I've said it more probably in the last six months than I've said in a long time. We need to worry less about our political affiliation and put God above both of those. Because those are just going to fail you. 
I, I don't see any. They're, they're humans who are doing human things. They're not going to hold up to God. And we've seen that over and over. We see so much frustration and anger by people who are struggling to pick a side or they're, they're doubling down on a side, hoping that their side will win. Or, and at the end of the day, there's just frustration. And I've tried that. What I've recognized is this. I need to step back. I need to step back from those and choose to follow God. Because those are man-instituted, human-instituted, and God's way bigger than that. The more we watch and hold on to those things of man, the more struggles we'll have. The second thing Peter tells us is to live out your faith. Live your faith. He says what Amanda said, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. Does that mean we love what the emperor does? Does that mean we love every decision that's made? Absolutely not. Sometimes we really get frustrated. Especially when it goes against the law of God. That's when I get frustrated, right? The reality is we're called to pray for our leaders. That's challenging enough. See, this is what we get frustrated with. We get frustrated that, that a lot of times they talk out both sides of their mouth. And they make promises they can't keep. Both sides. The political system makes promises they can't keep. Sounds good on paper, right? But the reality of those things doesn't always, uh, it doesn't always work. There's only one ruler of the world that keeps his promises. This has been so overused and abused and I'm disappointed because someone made a million bracelets and made t-shirts because I still think it's valuable but it's been so cliche but I go back to it over and over and over again. When I'm in those moments that I don't exactly know what to do. I don't know how to respond. When my guts inside say, lash out. Tell them what you really think. And I want to tip the tables in the temple, right? I'm like, that'll show them. And I have to step, I do, I step back a lot and I said, how would Jesus respond to this, this question? And if you're going to study someone in Scripture, I'm going to challenge you and encourage you, study the life of Jesus. <laughs> you are not going to find a better example. You, it is the perfect example. 
When I study leadership or when I look at how leaders do leadership best, there's a gazillion books on leadership. But there's only really one book I need. Right? There's only one book I need to figure out the perfect way to lead people. I don't ever see in Scripture where Jesus is sitting in his high-rise desk and not leading by example. There are times he delegates. The reality is this. He does the perfect plan for leadership. And so I always go back to this. How would Jesus deal with the government today? Would we see Jesus on the uh, 6 o'clock news screaming and hollering and mad and frustrated? I just don't think so. Were there moments when he did in righteous anger cause some noise, but it wasn't who he was all the time. We know his vision for the world and too easy, too very easy things to remember. Love God. Love your neighbor. I know there are ifs, ands, and buts. I understand that. funny part is there's no little uh, caveats to this there's no little uh, see uh, see another scripture it's love God and love your neighbor why this is why don't forget that you were too once a sheep who was lost that's how Peter ends this passage For you were once uh, straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd. Don't forget that you were lost looking for a Savior. It's easy to remember when we're on the outside. But once we get on the inside, it's more challenging to remember that we were once on the outside. That we too were lost. For some of us, it's been a long time since we were lost. But the reality is, we all were lost. We all come from the same spot. Wanderers in the wilderness. Sheep who were astray. We needed a Savior. And when we come from that perspective, it's easier to understand. I don't know if you got that from the young lady that was on the countdown. That she didn't understand that we're all broken. She was brainwashed to believe that they had figured everything out and they were living a life of perfection and everyone else had it messed up. So I'll again remind you to pray for your leaders. That might be the hardest thing you hear today. 
That might be the hardest thing you hear today. Sincerely pray for your leaders. Do you realize that these people don't know who Christ is? They're lost sheep who need a shepherd. In that part, we should feel sorry for them. We should feel sorry that they haven't met the Jesus we've met. That they don't have a shepherd that picked them up and brought them back to the fold. We'd like to say, well, they did, they heard about it and they don't care. Maybe so. They're evil and greedy. Yeah, me too. You too, by the way. I just wanted to remind you that you too are in your nature evil and greedy. Scripture tells us we're all, we're all sinners. Pick your sin. We all needed a shepherd to come and pick us up and bring us back into the fold. That should bring us to a, a place of empathy, a place where we begin to understand that these people are lost and doomed for hell if nothing changes. If, if God doesn't bring into their life someone who helps them to see who he is, their lives are a waste. They're wasted. And money won't fix that. Fame won't fix that. Power won't fix that. We all need a sheep. We all are sheep who need a shepherd. We, like sheep, were led astray. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so thankful today that you have given us a shepherd to follow. That although, Lord, it can be difficult and challenging in this climate, that if we're willing to step back and not allow that stuff to take over our lives, and remember that we too were sheep who were led astray, wandering in the wilderness. We too needed a shepherd to change our lives. And you sent that shepherd, Jesus, to come to be our sacrifice, to go to the cross. Thank you, Lord, for that sacrifice. And Lord, don't let me forget that that sacrifice is good good enough for those who are my enemies, good enough for those who are in government, good enough for those whose ideals are opposite of mine, that they too deserve a way out. They too are shepherds, or need a shepherd as they are wandering. Lord, I pray this morning for our leaders 
that as things begin to change uh, in the political scheme, more importantly, that people's hearts would begin to change. That, Lord, we would begin to recognize your hand as you are moving amongst our people. Not just here, but, Lord, in this country. That we would begin to see things, Lord, that would help us to be reminded of you. Lord, I pray for these challenging days for this church and many others as believers in Christ. Lord, I pray that you give us wisdom, open our eyes, encourage our hearts as we continue to follow you. In your name we pray. Amen.